Hey guys, this is Knit British episode 103, part A. Unfortunately, due to the sheer amount of stuff that's been going on this month, I've had to split this episode into two parts. In this episode, you will have all things EYF and a mucker review of Black Isle Yarn's new yarn, Coolmore. In episode 103 part B you will have wool exploration and other news. I'm sorry that I've had to do it this way, it's just that I've sat down to record and I've added all of the recordings together and it's over three hours unedited which is just not practical for one download. Uh, If you listen via iTunes and podcatchers, there will be two distinct downloads for episode 103, marked A and B. And if you are listening via knitbritish.net, both episodes will be available in the post. Again, sorry that I've had to do it that way. I would not normally do this. But again, there's been so much happening this month that it's just too much to fit into one episode. Thanks in advance for your understanding and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome. Whether you are new or a returning listener, hello, welcome. It's lovely to have you here. I hope you're ready for this episode because I've got a heck of a lot to get through. Before I go on, I'll say a little word about recording. I'm using a slightly different microphone and I'm recording in a different room of the house. Uh, This is because I'm trying to be as far away from the adjoining wall with the ministry next door because they are just kicking off their um, very long service um, which starts off with some swaying music and builds to something a lot oh can't think of a very polite word louder I guess uh, and uh, intrusive Um, (laughs) so I'm trying to just be a little bit far away from that uh, um, (laughs) today Um, well Edinburgh Yarn Festival 2018 is all over and what an epic event it was so I've got plenty to tell you about that. This month we've also got wool exploration with Ryland um, so lots to get through uh, and learn about that particular breed. Uh, there's also a mucker review of Coolmore Organic Cheviot from Black Isle Yarns and there's also going to be a giveaway to Grab a whip, grab a drink, and let's get cracking. Well, I'm going to make an apology straight up front to say anyone who thought I would be sitting down with a woolly chum to unpack Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you are going to be disappointed because it is just me. I'm recording this particular section the week after EYF. Ah, wow. Um... It was it was such a great week. It was such a long week. Um, there were three days of the marketplace, uh, which is an extra day uh, on previous years. Teaching extended a day either side of the marketplace. And when you've heard me talk in the past about Edinburgh Yarn Festival and the intense wool fumes and the overwhelming awesome of the past years, you can ramp that way up for 2018's event. You can dial all of that way up. 
first of all, the podcast lounge. Well, that was the entire barren area this year. So if you've been before, Edinburgh Yarn Festival has a big breakout area where the podcast lounge and our lovely sponsor Blacker have inhabited. And then there is the bar and there have been lots of tables and chairs. This year, that whole area was the podcast lounge with um, our sponsor Blacker and our special guests Garthanor. And the seating was arranged differently. So instead of having round tables, we had rectangular tables and there was a real great flow, a real great energy uh, in the Baron. Uh, for something that was being made bigger, um, it was there was a, a relaxed feel about it. I, I know I'm saying that and I've just told you about all the intense wool fumes and overwhelming awesome, but really I think anybody will tell you that that area had a, diff- a different energy about it this year. There was just much more of a flow about it. There was much more of a chi about it. Um, I often find that in events that have round tables there's a lot of jangly energy you're you know you have to sort of like you know sidle past people and you have to sort of you know ooh, excuse me and ooh, 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 and you get people to move the chairs and things like that and there wasn't any of that this year with the setup there were also 500 seats in the marquee as well they did have the round tables so i we didn't get over there very often so i don't know how jangly the energy was over there but the flow was certainly awesome up in the podcast lounge and we had our sofa area, which was complete with the Knit British 100 episode jumper bunting, which was a Sue Stratford pattern uh, for Save the Children. Uh, it was lovely that so many people were trying to find theirs, but I have to apologise because two got left behind. Two bits of jumper bunting were found under the sofa after <laughs> after the bunting had been hung. And I'm totally blaming the podcast for that because the jumper bunting had been in a basket for me to string uh, and I and I was off work one day with a migraine and thought I'll just do some stringing of bunting and I did notice that the cat had gone near it so I'm blaming her for the, the lost two bits of bunting but I will add it uh, to the string so that we can use it again. We also had Fibre Exploration Station which Blacker had put together which was incredible. In each drawer there was some fleece, a swatch and an information card about the breed. We had our Woolapalooza board where people were asked to write down their favourite uh, breed wool. and uh, That was really interesting. Very interesting that four people put lopy sheep when lopy is a style of yarn and not a sheep. Um, <laughs> On the Thursday, which was the first marketplace day, but I made a beeline for Wensleydale Longwell Sheep Shop because you'll remember I told you last time that I wanted that navy four ply, which is not called navy. I think it's called Sema Water, is the name of the colourway, um, for my breathing space. So I raced over there to buy eight balls and spoke to Kath, who I think I just sort of dumbfounded because I was like, I'm here for my wool. <laughs> Um, but it was lovely to see her and actually it was lovely to see everyone that I spoke to on those early uh, access mornings because those with passes and those who had classes oh that rhymed Uh, those with passes and those who had classes and some who wore glasses no I'm just joking um, got early access to the marketplace and you know those mornings that between nine and ten before it opened to the public it was great because you got to go around and really say hello to everybody that you knew you weren't going to get a chance to speak to you later. <laughs> so it was really good. So after I got my navy 
Semmel Water for Ply Wednesday along the sheep shop. I raced over to TJ Frog because she is launching Dorset Down and Dorset Horn yarns. So prick up your ears, wool explorers, because we're going to be looking at the Dorset breeds very soon. Tanya's stall was bedecked with Dorset button wallpaper, which was just glorious and looked so beautiful. So I bought some some yarn from from uh, Tanya, and those were my day one purchases. You know, those those were my purchases on day one. You know, as I say, the energy on was uh, perhaps the energy was a bit different on Thursday anyway because it was advanced tickets only, so there was no nobody coming through the door or nobody queuing that didn't already have a ticket. Um, so there was a lot more. I don't know, maybe people were a bit more organised on the Thursday and they were just sort of, of looking around. And I do have a little bit of a sound clip from the um, Big Knit Night um, where somebody that I talk to talks about their Thursday uh, reconnaissance. So yeah, I think people were making plans for their purchases rather than just smashing and grabbing. Uh, one of the first people that I met in the podcast lounge, Kate from the Hawthorne Cottage Craft Podcast and Mrs. M, Meg um, from uh, Mrs. M's Curiosity Cabinet Podcast, two friendly faces that I am always glad to see. So it was lovely to see them. And then I was joined by Patricia of the Knitography Podcast, who made me break my emotional EYF record by presenting me with a pair of mittens and fleece from her own sheep and some Norsk Pels wool. Um, I was blown away by that. Um, never mind the fact that she knitted me mittens, which is already making me swallow hard again talking about it. Um, but I was blown away by the fact that she wanted to bring me some of her local wool. Patricia keeps Grau Trondersau uh, sheep, I hope I'm saying that right, Patricia, uh, and is working towards her own fibre farm. You know, that local wool and local tradition connections between what we do, you know, oh, uh, you know, I feel kindred. There's a kindredness there. And I was so very touched indeed by Patricia's gift. Gifts, um, just, just incredible. And then it all got a bit whoosh because then I met Laurie and her daughter Corinne and I've not seen Laurie since uh, Shetland Wool Week 2014. 2014 I think, oh my word. Uh, Laurie is, um, has a Chickenwood podcast, Laurie Dubois and so I grabbed lots of hugs with Laurie <laughs> and before I knew it, it was time for the Meet the Podcaster um, event on, I can't, you know, it just, we carried along on this incredible energy um the baron was flooded with amazing podcasters from all over the world uh, and lacy to my cagney turned up louise hunt who left caithness at six o'clock in the morning to get there she managed to get there for the end of the podcaster meetup oh, it's so hard to try and put it into words even it, just in the days afterwards um i'm still processing all the people the finished objects the yarn you know, the the acquisitions, the, the, the colours, the textures, the people, the people, the people, the people, the people. I mean, that's a good way to describe the whole event. A never-ending flow of all of that and such big, warm, generous-heartedness. 
Um, I definitely wasn't in the marketplace again for serious buying, uh, but I did go around uh, as I was passing and, and just sort of caught glimpses and hugs with Gemma, the little grey girl, Vinka56, Marie, that was so good to see her, Kate's Twirl, Fluff, Jenny Reed, Kate Heppel, Carrie Westman, Helen from Ripple's Crafts. Uh, we talked exciting wool talk, by the way. Exciting wool talk. Uh, we had Julie Nitz in Paris singing with uh, Marietta in, in the podcast lounge, Marietta 694. Um, I saw lovely podcasting pals, lovely listeners. Thank you for coming coming and chatting to me over the festival. I'm getting totally ahead of myself because this is only Thursday. I should try and really be a bit more structured about this. So Thursday was also the big knit night in the marquee and Louise and I and the lovely fella uh, went along. We sat with Joe and Nika and some of the awesome volunteers. Those volunteers are incredible. And we enjoyed some sharing pl- platters. They were, oh, we were so spoiled. Charcuterie, cheese, bread. It was incredible. Jess from Ravelry was there. I got to meet her. What a lovely, lovely woman. Uh, and got to meet more incredible people, including Shetland Wool Week's new patron, Elizabeth Johnson. So chuffed, so chuffed that Elizabeth is the patron of Shetland Wool Week 2018. And her hat pattern, Merry Dancers, is available to download from the Shetland Wool Week website. Elizabeth is an incredible teacher. I have... Um, done a couple of classes with her she taught me how to spin um she's an important voice in shetland wool knitting spinning and traditions i'm just hugely chuffed that it's that it's her and anyone going shetland wool week this year you're so lucky you're so lucky uh we retired reasonably early from the party um only just to go back to my house and have whiskey and sweeties (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that Louise Hunt brought. Louise Hunt's mission to find me a whiskey that I like still continues though. And we chatted till later than we should have done. Uh, but, you know, my voice voice held out. I'm quite surprised. And we were up bright and early in the morning for day two. My day two purchases, well, I suppose they were as modest as day one by, I suppose, compared to, to some people. Um, I got some of the new Blacker Jacob DK, which I talked about last time and which you can read uh, reviews of on the blog. If you um, hop on over to knitbritish.net, you'll see the Blacker Jacob's reviews there. These were, I did a mystery review with uh, some of our woolly muckers, so it's really worth um, having a read of of those reviews. Um, I, yeah, I got this um, yarn for, to make socks for a friend. I also got the new Daughter of a Shepherd book, which is beautiful. And I loved Rachel's stand, Rachel Atkinson's stand, which she had shared with Jill Draper Make Stuff, who it was lovely to meet her too. Um, the samples from the Daughter of Shepherd book were all there and they were amazing. And the texture of these knits is incredible. Uh, Rachel wasn't there when I bought the book, but I wanted to go back and squee over wool with her. Um, so I, I went back the next day. I mean, Mr. K looked like he would have squeed with me if I had asked him, but I felt like that was a bit of an imposition, so. (laughs) Um, Friday was really special for um, me, though, because I got to meet, hold, squish, and be in the presence of Sarah Hunt, Fibertrek. I've known Sarah for probably about four or five years, but I've never met her, and this was, uh, you know a properly incredible experience for me 
and I said this on Instagram, but wool does so much more than keep us warm. It brings us together. It connects us deeply. You know, it really does make incredible connections with one another. I feel like wool twists us together into a really strong ply and that skein is never, ever going to be untangled. <laughs> you know, um, well, that's certainly true of of some very special wool wool connections and can't find a better way to tell you what it what it's like to meet you know your really special wool people i'm gonna cry now um sarah even interviewed me later during the weekend uh, but she also brought me a skein of her amazing shackleton yarn oh my goodness me again wool sings to your soul and connects you deeply with people. And uh, she was with Kareen from The Woolly Thistle and NH Knits and it was so good to see her again. Oh my God, thank you Edinburgh Yarn Festival for giving us an excuse to get together because it, you know, it really has been special. I had some of the greatest conversations on Friday about wool and using our voices to keep local wool momentum going. And I think there are exciting and important things to come out of those conversations in the future. Um, Also on the Friday, my chum Martine came to EYF and she's been a knitter for many years, but not uh, really on into the knitting scene or has been a part of the knitting scene as, as anything like EYF. And she loved it. She has quite sensitive skin, though, so I wanted to find her a soft uh, sort of uh, UK 100% wool so Louise Hunt and I took her to Blacker where we had her <laughs> squishing and, and rubbing lots of skeins on herself and she eventually bought some swan um, for Emily Williams' Pitscary hat so very happy to enable her and she loved the show uh, and it was lovely to see someone new to you know the knitting, the big knitting community really enjoying it um, 3pm was the the blacker podcast meetup on the friday and that was incredible to see so many blacker finished objects and meet you know more people uh, <laughs> um you know people 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 you know that it was it's <laughs> amazing um after that i managed to nip to the marketplace again and i got two skeins of kunyuk from ripples crafts which is bfl um so deeply dyed in uh jeweled pink and the other ones are really really deep navy blues i'm thinking it might make a nice bayat um but love helen's colors um and you know always love rolling about in our stand um we did not Kaylee on the Friday night and I could not have, I really couldn't have uh, done it, um, but we didn't go home either. We went to dinner with the Blacker guys and um, we had curry and beer. It was awesome. If you're ever in Edinburgh and you want a good curry and good um, good service, I totally recommend Shazan's, which is opposite the Playhouse. And then... Saturday, day three, and all I kept thinking on on you know Friday was this time last year we were done, we were done. The tiredness and the overwhelm was was really starting to sort of kick in by Saturday, but I had um, two effervescent vitamins on <laughs> on Saturday morning, and um, also a honey and lemon. Even though the voice was still there, again totally surprised. Um, what happened on Saturday? 
you know, it's all running into one another now. Again, even just a few days later, it's I can hardly remember. <laughs> I did some recording uh, around the festival, not necessarily for the podcast, but for something that the lovely fellow was doing. And again, Saturday was full of great conversation. Uh, Yarnesty and Skandir, Anna and Ellie. Um, I had a good chat with 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 them. Um, Meg, it was always you know. Edinburgh Art Festival is just a great opportunity to sort of talk about things and plant the seeds of things. Um, again, it was wonderful to speak to people um, and catch up with with friends and just people that you maybe only saw you haven't seen since last Edinburgh Art Festival, or people that you see a bit more regularly, but you know, you just take that wonderful opportunity to spend time in one another's company or people that you've never met before that you you know oh so many people who come up to me and I, I I will forget the names but oh just so so touched the amount of people who came up to me and said that you enjoyed the podcast or you enjoyed you know in it British on social media and you you're a member of the group and things like that oh that just means the absolute world again the energy was high was high like Pharrell sings can't bring me down my level's too high <laughs> <laughs> Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. <laughs> Saturday purchases. Well, I got two more uh, skeins of Iona Aran to go with what I got last year to make a longer garment because I got a cone and I got a cake last year of the Aran and I feel like I need a little bit more uh, to go with that. And I also went back to Daughter of a Shepherd to revel in that wool that incredible wool and came away with four skeins of the new mixed breed ram jam uh, that wool vibrates to my very core it is really special really really special it makes it's a yarn one of those wool yarns that just you feel the you feel the emotion of that you feel everything that's going into creating that you know and it is a special yarn these these are fleeces that were seen as worthless by others and that Rachel has gone no I know that people will see the value in this and I'm going to create yarn from it it's really really special um the final podcast meetup was quite heady for me and I'll I will admit that I needed to get out of the middle of that and sort of watch from the sidelines again the levels of that energy were very high and after the podcast meetup I had to go into the back room and just stare at a wall for five minutes because I needed to just focus my mind a little bit because it was it was just a bit heady and that was the last day of the marketplace and though it had felt like a very very long week it was, you know, time to pack it all up again. And, uh, you know, the KB100 jumper bunting came down and the sofas were stripped to their throws and blankets, some of which were taken from my home. Did you see my massive British Breeds crochet blanket? <laughs> and all those high levels began to drop a little bit. And we went home, sort of a little bit heavy-hearted, really flipping tired. And the lovely fella had made us dinner and we had wine and we sort of reviewed the weekend ourselves uh, to ourselves and that but I mean that really wasn't all because it wasn't fully over because the next day was the meet the shepherdess event on the Sunday but still it was the sort of the end of the official marketplace days 
And you know, I was excited about the Meet the Shepherdess. I was really excited about it. 12 small rural business vendors. Oh my goodness me. It was such a delight to see these vendors. Uh, Rosedine Ryland, Daughter of a Shepherd, Newly Yarns, Prado de Lana, uh, Black Isle Yarns, Croft 29, Uridale, Whistlebear, Hawkshaw, Sheep, uh, Lifelong Yarns. I mean, uh, that's just a few of them, but just seeing all of these small wool businesses getting a big platform, that was incredible. And I spoke um, to almost every vendor and I thought I would fall down really hard on all of these stands and maybe it was just the tiredness and maybe because I was doing a lot of interviewing and talking, but I only made one purchase and it was some Berlin yarn and what an incredible yarn that is whoa I, I was so looking forward to seeing that yarn I've never been able to squish it before you have heard me talk about Berlin before but oh uh, uh, it, it's incredible so I got some of the natural Hebridean and um, some of the dyed orange and green for a shawl I'm thinking like maybe a Melanie Berg or something like that and I was hoarse and I had a sore throat and I I was sad that it was coming to an end and I was sad that Louise was going because I wanted to keep her, my wool buddy, I wanted to keep her here. Um, And I was dead tired. (laughs) I've been a long, long, tiring week. Really emotional too. How do you, how do you end a week like that? How do you, how do you put, put a full stop at the end of that? Well, if you're really, really lucky, you go out to dinner with Isla uh, and Katie from Blacker and uh, Karine from The Woolly Thistle and Sarah Hunt and you go for Sunday dinner, beer or whiskey, (laughs) sometimes beer and whiskey. We spent an amazing afternoon together laughing, sharing, winding down. It was awesome and it was just a great way to say farewell to Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I cannot think of a better way to have ended Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It was so lovely. Um, Thank you so much to everyone who came to see me and asked me about wool exploration, who showed me your swatches, who wanted to tell me about your local wool, who gave, gave me hugs and gifts, which were absolutely not necessary at all, but very, very kind indeed. Thank you to those of you who brought me tales of British wool and your local wool and wanted to tell me about your new wool finds and show off your British wool stash acquisitions. And to everyone who was just a bit too shy to say hello, but who waved at me or, you know, caught my eye. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to Louise Hunt, you know, Lacey to my cagney, I definitely, definitely wouldn't have managed that very long week uh, without you, our bus fun, our blethers, and to Joe and Mika. You are such makers of woolly magic. Thank you so much for Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It's incredible. To be to be honest, I don't even want to think about EYF 2019 at the moment, um, but I hope that you will be able to make it there and I'll see you there. So we are sitting at the Knit Night at um, Edinburgh Yarn Festival after the first day. And I have my voice still. Can you hear? I have a voice still. And um, I'm sitting at a table with Louise from Caithness Craft. And Louise, how is your Edinburgh Yarn Festival? It's been very nice so far. 
Any, any purchases? No. Not a one? No. I'm going to spend it all tomorrow and Saturday. I thought I would just do my reconnaissance today. What's on the top of your list for tomorrow? Um, do you know, a jumper's worth of Wednesday deal, I think. That's a cracking idea. Mm. Who gave you that idea? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that'll be great. Anything else? Um, they never think, because I'm falling down the rabbit hole. That's good. It's a good way to be. Plan one thing and then... Oh, needles. I need some needles. I've got uh, written down what ones I need. You've got a note. Yes, got a list. I found it. Oh, it's somewhere. You know what I really enjoy now? She's sitting here looking at everybody's knitting and it's amazing. I know, it's such a variety actually. And not mm. just the knitting, but the knits, the handmaids. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Aye, because there's not just knitting or crochet here. There is also... Um, some dressmaking. Yeah, I know. And various other crafts cr as well. Weaving as well. Yeah, yeah. and spinning. And We're so multi-craftual <laughs> at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Okay, um, the Berlin Yarn Company. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it is my first Edinburgh Yarn Festival, either as visitor or vendor, because I live in the Hebrides, which is really quite far north. Uh, it takes me a day travelling, so probably as long as somebody coming from the States. Um, I was very lucky to be invited by Isolde to be on her stall for the first two days and join the team and I'm very grateful to that. I've had a great couple of days with her and her team to be very welcoming and very supportive but it was a great opportunity to acclimatise to the whole experience <laughs> which is... Uh, Heady? Yeah, wow. So I, it was good that um, I was able to take it on board before uh, today at the Shepherdess event, having my own stall, which has been a great success. It's actually exceeded my expectations. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, particularly given that we're in the middle of a snowstorm I today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, the Berlin Yarn Company, which is my business, uh, but I, you know, I couldn't do it without the rest of my extended family. We've really only been in business a couple of years. And this is the first year that I've done a full range of uh, not just the natural yarns, but also the organic over-dyed. Um, last year was a little test run and it all sold out, so I knew it was the right way to go. So this year we've got a full range of six colours. The colours are incredible. Well, I've been pleased with how they've turned out. Um, I'm also a visual artist, so I'm very always noting colour in the landscape and um, each colour relates to a uh, feature of our, our local ecology, so whether it's reef blue or dulse, the seaweed, or moor, uh, the rusty orange, it's all picked out from, from the landscape and as it happens when you see them together it all, it all ties together and works. I did record quite a bit at the Meet the Shepherdess event but it is far too much for this episode and so I will bring you more of those interviews next episode. Now, Black Isle Yarns. Now you'll remember that I talked about this last time I gave hint to something exciting coming from Black Isle Yarns and I would talk about it 
next time on the podcast. Well, Julie has just launched their new yarn. It's called Coolmore and it's Organic First Clip Cheviot, which comes from the Black Isle. Now, Julie was very kind and gave myself and some woolly muckers some yarn to try out. And I didn't tell the reviewers what the yarn was. I just said that it was organic and I told them the weight of the yarn. And we'll hear a little bit about their reviews in a second. Uh, but Cool More came about really because Julie's friend, designer Emily K. Williams, happened across this flock of cheviots and found out from the shepherdess Maddie that uh, they were organic. And the farm that they have, uh, Maddie and her husband Neil and their daughters, uh, on uh, is called Coolmore and they also have um, another, another croft on the west coast. And they have been organic for many years and the fleece from the cheviots actually, sadly, even though it's organic, fetches less from the wool board than the non-organic cheviot. Um, so they get extremely little return on, on their um, fleece. Of course, Emily uh, put uh, Maddie and uh, Julie in touch with one another and... Of course, Julie was able to give them a much better rate for their fleece. And she bought their hog clip from last summer. Now, hog is year-old uh, yow, just turning from a, a lamb into a full-grown sheep. And the um, to keep the organic status of the wool, Julie had the yarn spun at the Natural Fibre Company in Cornwall, who can produce organically spun yarn. The wool is worsted spun. It's available in two weights, uh, double knit, which is 220, mil, uh, 220 meters per 100 grams, and a four ply, which is 350 meters per 100 grams. And, oh my word, it's bloody incredible. This is incredible. I'm sorry for my over-exuberance, but you know how much I love Cheviot. I've talked about it before on this podcast. And this wool is not like any other Cheviot wool that I have knit with or squished. And honestly, it gives me chills how beautiful this yarn is. <laughs> sorry to swear. <laughs> but it's incredible. It really, really is. Now... As I told you before, I uh, a little rumble of needles and things here. I've just got such a lot on this table at the moment. Let me move the Ryland out of the way now. This, if it sounds like a shambles over here, it pretty much is. I should take a picture of my table for keep it real flatly. Uh, so I have in my hand this ball of the double knit, and I really should get some other chivia out. Can I? I wonder if I should get some. Perhaps I'll do that uh, later, just to have a comparison. But that hand squish grab of this hand-wound ball in my hand. Oh, it's... It's soft. It's really squishy. You can squish almost to meet your fingers together. You know, if I hold it in my, my fingers and squish it, my thumb and forefinger are not quite but almost touching that's how much squish 
there is in this yarn. The first thing that um, really struck me was the butteriness of it. Now, I've talked about Cheviot before. Cheviot can have a dry, almost chalky hand squish grab. I've overused buttery and creamy in this episode already today, but that's exactly what it's like. And the colour, because we have the natural, is unpasteurised milk colour. It's beautiful. As well as being having a soft um, handle, it's quite strong. Let me try and show you how strong it is. So I'm starting to pull now. (laughs) It's strong. Worsted spun yarn, it's going to be strong. So soft, creamy in the hand, but very, very strong. Sorry, signing a little bit like a toilet paper advert again. Soft, strong and long. <laughs> My first thought was that, of course, I wanted to knit garter. And so I used the double knit and I did a polygon. I keep wanting to say polygon square. It's absolutely not square. It's a hexagon, um, like I've been doing with my with my wool exploration and buttery in the hand and buttery on the needles it really really flew off the definition in that garter is popping but the space between each layer of garter ridges is just as beautifully defined as the pop themselves um there are one or two darker hairs in amongst the mix Uh, there are some beautiful longer fibers um, that are um, in that haloing on that knit fabric couldn't stop marveling at the feeling of the wool through my fingers how it knit up so smoothly and the great definition of the yarn i am also knitting as we speak um, some horseshoe lace in the four ply the four ply um, weight is a two plied yarn. It looks like a slightly more delicate ply than the double knit, but it's still really strong. Let's see. Not quite as um, a snap as the double knit, but still, it's a really strong yarn, and I wanted to try lacing it as well. And of course, it's not blocked at the moment, but I've been really enjoying. <laughs> I'm gonna get a bit breathless talking about this, but I've really been enjoying. Po- playing with this yarn and trying the double knit and trying the four ply and um you know you know that garter is my go-to um but I always like to try another kind of stitch and although it's not blocked yet I just feel like that this is going to block exceptionally well and that the lace is going to be really open and um you know that it's going to keep its block incredibly well. So I will hopefully have pictures of that um, when this goes out to go into the show notes. But just holding these two weights of yarn in my hand, the double knit and the four ply again, it what it, that softness and that amount of of um, smoosh in the yarn. I'll be so interested to see how much this blocks. And again, I'm a, I'm a little behind on my swatching. Um, because of Edinburgh Yarn Festival and what a month, <laughs> busy month it's been. So you don't have to just take my word for it because we've got our wonderful woolly muckers um, who've also reviewed this in depth. Our reviewers for this yarn uh, were Woolly Ellie, uh, Paleopath, who is Asia, uh, Gem Davis and Io Saturnalia, who is Caitlin. And they have all provided us with 
excellent uh, reviews. Uh, the reviews from each of these are really quite comprehensive and I really don't think they'll fit in the show notes. So I need to think of a way to sort of encapsulate because uh, the show notes are always so long that when I add reviews in there, it tends to make them even longer. But anyway, let's um, have a look at each stage of the review process with each of our reviewers. Um, so Jem Davis said, uh, not having a huge amount of experience with different breeds, I will compare this yarn to what I know rather than trying to make a guess in the dark. It feels a bit softer than Jimison's Shetland Spindrift that I've been using recently and a lot smoother and more lustrous, uh, but the variance in thickness is similar to this yarn. It's not anywhere near as soft as something like BFL, but has a similar colour and bounce to West Yorkshire Spinner's Fleece uh, in the undyed Ikru. Uh, Caitlin says, this is a gently spun two-ply. I think it's woolen spun, a soft natural white, even a few light grey fibres. She had the fingering um, four-ply weight. Um, she said, felt very soft in the skein, slightly toothy, a few guard hairs, shed whilst winding. Wooly Ellie said uh, it's crisp and a bit silky. She was knitting with the DK. Uh, gently pulling a strand, some elasticity and bounce back. Pretty soft to the hand. Uh, a little rougher uh, to the face and neck, but no prickle. A few kempy hairs sticking out. Very slight variation in thickness. A uh, nice non-yellowy cream colour. It was slick through the fingers when knitting, but no visible luster or particular halo. Paleopath Asia, who lives in Canada, she says, I've been told that this is an organic DK weight. It's a creamy ecru, uh, tending towards a very subtle butter yellow. Um, it's worsted spun, comprising of three plies. Lovely and sheepy, but does not smell over much like sheep or lanolin. Uh, I hesitate, I'm hesitant to say whether it's hand spun or not, as a friend who's a very talented hand spinner saw it on my table whilst visiting and noted that he thought it was it was hand spun due to the very subtle variation in the singles and ply. But it's actually beyond me whether this is the case. On first impression, this yarn does appear to be a bit on the lighter side of double knit towards a sport. The hand squish grab of the hank is very subtly crunchy, but soft with springiness and liveliness. It feels as though it would have good memory and likely not to be an issue for my admittedly relatively sensitive skin. The fibres look well organised and semi-lustrous, though I do not think this is a lustre wool. It is not, however, matte. If I tease out the fibre at the end of the strand, I can see it has a lot of body and crimp, but it is not well organised and wants to be lofty. The fibre separated from the ply and I combed a bit out with my fingers. Again, quite dry in texture. It seems to be six to eight centimetres in staple. That's an impression and not something I've specifically measured. Continuing with Paleopath Asia, she cast on with four millimetre needles, which is standard for DK weight. And for her sw first swatch, she knit a modified version of Nuragon's rib and cable motifs from the cable uh, knitting cable source book. Uh, she says, I found the yarn to develop a slight halo with a very occasional fine guard hair to boot. The ribbing and cables are dense, uh, but not over much, and those fibres do not protrude. They seem mostly flat against the fabric. The twist of the singles of this three-ply yarn is tight enough, but I found the dryness of the fibres made it so that the yarn frequently split even on blunt wooden needles, and I had to pay hard attention that I didn't drop a ply um, here or there. Wooly Ellie said that 
she knit uh, garter stitch and uh, stocking stitch and cables and and seed uh, stitch uh, in her um, swatch. She said that it was uh, very slick through her fingers when she was knitting with it. Uh, Caitlin, she said, the wool had a slightly rougher handle while working with it, but it glides fairly smooth along my metal needles. I do keep accidentally poking the tip between the plies. This is sometimes the thing with, with worsted spun yarns, you guys. You have to sort of um, watch the, the, um, the splitting. I started out with some textured stitches, as I really like these, and I rarely hear yarn reviews with textured stitches in the swatch. You're obviously not listening to any of mine. <laughs> However, as I expected from the softness of the plies, it was too flat a yarn for the texture to be uh, very obvious. So I quickly moved to lace diamond pattern. Oh my goodness, this yarn was made for lace. The stitches have opened up so that it hardly looks like it needs any blocking. I finish with a little two by two rib, which shows up better than the textured stitches. Now, here's interesting because Caitlin is using fingering weight and doesn't think that cables show up well with the fingering weight. But let's listen to Jem, who is using double knit. Jem cast on 40 stitches with 3.5 millimeter needles and knit simple cables in different sizes. The yarn feels very squishy and bouncy, fairly soft, but with a slight itch and it has a faint sheepy smell. I would be quite happy to wear this against my skin. However, perhaps not the delicate skin of your neck and face. The uh, yarn has a slight curly halo. This gives a nice woolly look, but also has a lovely shine. The yarn is slightly springy to knit with and moves smoothly through the hands. Now, when you see uh, Jem's picture of the cables, oh my word, they look incredible in this double knit. They really, really do. And as I've said, the double knit that I knit with um, for my polygon certainly was popping um, with uh, structure. Uh, Let's stay with Jem for the first uh, wash block and wear. She said she soaked it in lukewarm water for 10 minutes with wool wash and pinned it to dry. After blocking, the shine stood on the cables and they were nicely defined. I placed the swatch under my waistband next to the skin and soon forgot it was there. I then placed it around my arm and I was more aware of it, but I think that's because of the bulk rather than any itchiness. However, wearing it close to my neck, it did feel a bit prickly. I think this would be suited to a jumper or cardigan. Asia said um, in the pre-wash, the swatch was a little airy and she suspected that the stitches would bloom a bit. She also did another uh, stitch with chevron lace and some garter and some stockinette. And she said pre-wash, the stockinette section measured nine rows and seven stitches to one inch. The stitches of both swatches were stiff, but not too stiff. Um, after the first wash, in which she used some wool wash, uh, the gauge in stockinette changed to eight rows and six stitches per inch, and the textured parts of the swatches looked more organised. She says any imperfections in the, the gauge disappeared. The texture of the fabric was still dry, with a more of a halo than before and she said it seemed uh, to be slightly rougher than it had in the hank. The lace had opened up and uh, it held a lot of its three-dimensional qualities and the ribbing on the ribbon cable swatch had relaxed but did not stretch out of shape. 
She wore it against the skin under her bra strap for a day and found it to be initially tickly, but then that disappeared after a while and she said, I barely noticed uh, that it was uh, that she was wearing a swatch, though occasionally because of the bulk it did make its presence known. Wooly Ellie said she didn't feel that there was much difference in feel to pre-washing. Zero prickle. Um, she said she didn't know that she was um, wearing it. Um, she had worn it for a week um, and a, a bit of a halo had developed in that but she said it was um, it, that the shape had not changed at all um, in the second wash block and wear Jem said she soaked the swatch for longer uh, with wool wash and laid it out to dry on a towel she said the second washing didn't change the swatch it had grown ever so slightly in width but feels just the same and the stitch definition was the same um she wanted to try and distress distress the swatch so she said i wore it in my boot and there is no pilling but it is significantly fluffier than before and after being scrunched up it is returned to its shape well in the second wash block and wear with um uh, Caitlin, she says, I immersed it in hand hot water for 10 minutes, no agitation. I let the swatch sit to dry without pinning it out and the swatch returned to its cast off size of 5 by 5.5. She says it felt uh, denser, the swatch felt denser. Uh, she barely noticed the swatch all day, uh, which she had tucked uh, into her trousers at the top of her thigh. And she says, I distress the swatch by folding in half and rubbing it firmly between my palms. A little bit of pilling and even a tiny bit of fooling. Um, I could feel a small amount of resistance when I peeled it apart again. Wooly Ellie in her second wash block and wear said there was a more of a pronounced wooly halo after the second wash. The stitches melded together. Uh, Asia had said that the second wash saw the swatch retain its size and shape well. I did not notice a great change from the first wash in gauge, character or wearing, though um, I had some redness on my skin after the second wear. That might be more to do with me being too warm that day because I find yarns tickle me when I am uh, more warm than when I am cold. So in conclusion... Asia says this is a workhorse yarn. I think it could easily fulfill anything you ask of it. It has beautiful stitch definition, a very subtle halo that does not overpower texture, and a very subtle sheen. If I had to guess what breed it was, I would assume it was something like Cheviot. Well done! And similar to a primarily Cheviot pullover I wear regularly and indeed wore during the swatching phase, I can see heirloom or working pullovers gloves, scarves, hats uh, knit out of this. As the second wear did give me a small bit of abrasion, I might not wear them directly next to the skin. This yarn is best suited to cabled or textured knit patterns or indeed plain stockinette. It has been interesting to try it out and refreshingly bright compared to my typically dark palette. Thank you for the opportunity for letting me take part and I look forward to hearing what others think. Well, that's a lovely final assessment. Let's hear what our other reviewers thought. Wooly Ellie said, I like the sturdiness of this wool. Again, she is knitting with uh, the double knit. And she says, I think I could wear a cowl neck jumper or something similar um, near the neck so long as it was loose. It'd be perfect for a Gansey. It did pill a very little, but that might not go on forever. I feel that it would take dye like a dream. 
though I didn't get round to putting this to the test. Um, and as you'll see over at Black Alley Yarns, this row does take dye really well. Um, Gem says that um, this wool tested very well. I would definitely love to use it again. It looks light and delicate with a beautiful shine, but it has a strength that would make it suitable to something that is used or worn often, like jumpers, cardigans, gloves, or hats. Caitlin Io Saturnalia, she said, this is a lovely soft yarn which would be well suited to hand wash items which didn't get too much wear, such as special baby garments. Again, this is the difference between reviewers and this is the difference between double knit and four ply so here we have saying things like you know double knit would make a great hard wearing item and four ply maybe reviewers thinking it would um be for special items if i had been listening to this the podcast while you were doing the hap along i would have used this yarn it produced good woolly and old-fashioned feeling fabric by that i mean that while it is not at all prickly, it doesn't feel like a super modern fibre like Merino or BFL blends. It retains its essential sheepiness. I'd love to know the breed. I'm afraid I'm very bad at guessing, but it's softer and less prickly than a Shetland or a Gotland and is sheepier than a BFL or Merino. I hope that gives people some idea. I don't think I would use this particular yarn again. I'm a person who glumps, so all knitwear has to stand up to some serious use. But I'd knit with this breed again in a heartbeat if it was spun with a higher twist. So here you go, dear Caitlin. Um, I would love for you to be able to try the double knit and perhaps you will give it a go um, and see how you find uh, working with the um, more rounder yarn that has three plies and is twisted differently to the four ply. The beauty of doing this Wooly Mucker mystery review is that I don't want anyone to have sort of preconceived notions of what wool is going to be like. And I always say, guess, even if you don't know what it is, and well done to Asia for guessing that it's Cheviot, even if you don't know what it is, guess and say what you think it feels like, because that will give listeners a really good idea of what it feels like. And that's great to say it's, you know, um, it's different from a Shetland, but it's not as soft as a BFL or a Merino. You know, that, that actually is really helpful for a lot of listeners out there. I am super impressed, as I've said, with with um, this Cheviot yarn. And I suppose I can't, I'll put it in the show notes, but I can't tell you how well this lace will block until I've cast it off and blocked it. So you'll have to read the show notes for that. But I'm just so incredibly impressed with what Julie is doing at Black Isle Yarns. I've said from the beginning that... To have someone, dedicated people, passionate people like Julie who go, we've got this incredible wool here and thanks to Emily as well for, for the Coolmore um, and, and, and discovering that as well. To go, here's a resource here. What can we do with this? And, you know, to discover that organic Cheviot gets less price from the wool board than normal Cheviot um, is incredible. And so taking it, this special organic fleece and having it treated organically and spun organically and creating this really thoughtful yarn is amazing and it is different between the four ply and the double knit and um you know the four ply to me says lace lace me up baby whereas the double knit says you know texture me up and i think i can imagine making something like kate davies Warriston sweater 
in the double knit, which I think is actually an Aran size pattern. Um, but that's by the by. I can all, all that texture, all that warmth. The warmth in this wool is is just incredible and I, I totally agree about the point about making heirloom items. This is going to be a wool that you'll get a lot of wear out of whatever you make from it and I, and I really like what Caitlin said there about hap. I can imagine the foreplay of this making an incredible hap and if you have listened to that review and you're not sure what you would make from this yarn well I can tell you that there are some incredible patterns which have been designed specifically in this yarn uh, so Emily Williams uh, as she enabled the yarn um, in the first place she has designed a shawl that uses two skeins of four ply um, it can be knit in one color or two colors because Julie is also a dyer, of course, and um, Emily um, has designed the Airedale shawl um, in her new collection to the shore in this incredible Coolmore. Um, it's a brioche lace and it just looks spectacular. I have seen the pictures and then I saw the two shawls at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, one dyed and one undyed, and it's just like seeing foam in the in the on the shore. That's exactly what the pattern is like, and that's what that's what Emily says. She says brioche lace suggests the foamy sand patterns left behind when the tide goes out, as rhythmic, soothing as the receding waves. Airedale is a deceptively simple and quite eye-catching shawl, and it really is. There is also a sweater pattern coming that has been designed by Sarah Berry, um, which uh, features uh, rib and lace. Uh, and is um, designed in the in the double knit. She that's still to be tested, um, but um, hopefully Julie will let me show you a picture of that, um, and um, or I can point to it on her blog, and it looks so beautiful in the lace and the rib, and there's a little bit of garter on along the collar. You know, using all of those stitches that have been spoken about in those reviews. I can't wait for you to find out more and try this yarn yourself and go on over to the Black Isle Yarn shop which is at blackisleyarns.co.uk Julie closed the shop to prepare for EYF and she says she'll have it back up running later in March but I think I think you'll find that there's some things in there and that the Coolmore will be there and other incredible uh, unique blends that you won't find anywhere else thank you so much Julie for letting us play with um, the Cheviot Coolmore Organic Yarn. And thank you for again showing that all breed wool is not homogenous. Wool is amazing. Wool is incredible and it's so diverse, even within one breed. And I am just, I can't wait. I am going to make that Airedale shawl, you know. I am going to get some more of this incredible yarn and make that beautiful flowing shawl with brioche uh, and lace and I think this shawl by Emily Williams which is in the new collection to the shore which you should also check out is going to be the first brioche pattern to win me over I really do believe that uh, thank you very much to our reviewers to Jem to Caitlin to Ellie and to um, Asia if you would like the chance to try this yarn and if you would like the chance to try this yarn in a kit you can enter to win enough Coolmore to make that Eredale shawl 
by Emily K. Williams and all of the details are in the Knit British Ravelry group. I hopefully will have remembered to open the thread. Um, as always, please pay special attention to how you enter this competition. If there are um, entry rules, such as posting links um, or, or answering specifically, please please do enter accordingly um, and um, you can be in the chance in with a chance of winning this incredible Cheviot yarn and an amazing design by Emily K. Williams. Thanks so much again to our viewers and thank you so much, Julie, for the incredible work that you do with local wool.